Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. So we're going to read Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census, census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So, Lord, just before we continue again, we thank you for this passage and the truth in this passage uh, and everything in this passage, Lord, that we find, Lord, that you came and you stepped into humanity and that we get to to be a part of that story now. Again, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you have been to CCC before, uh, you know that the way that I am wired uh, is uh, one of the things that I love to do in Scripture is just dig as deep as you can dig. Uh, between the lines and into the original languages and the customs and the culture. Uh, Because what I often find is it adds these layers of depth and meaning and power uh, to these passages of Scripture, some that we read over and over. Uh, But this evening with the the Christmas story, uh, we don't have to dig deep to find the power. Uh, It's not between the lines or, or behind the scenes. It's right there on the, pal- uh, on the pages. Now, the challenge is uh, we read these words so many times uh, that it becomes monotonous. Some of us even have this story memorized. But what I want to do again this evening is just kind of bring us down to the very, very basics of this uh, message. I want to remind us of two foundational principles uh, before we continue. Uh, these are two basic perspectives that I believe we need to approach this story from uh, if we're going to find that power that's within the story. Uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that my lovely wife here, Emily, uh, loves Christmas movies, uh, and it's a passion of hers that I don't exactly share. Uh, but there was something in our vows about for better or worse, which applies to the movies that we watch. Uh, so uh, apparently... Uh, anyway, I watched them with her, and a few days ago she asked me if I wanted to watch a Christmas movie with her that's based on one of her favorite books that she reads to our, uh, our kids. The name of the, the book and the movie is called um, uh, The Christmas Miracle of Jonathan Toomey. Uh, and it actually, it was a miracle because it wasn't half bad. But I asked her <laughs> a question right from the start, uh, uh, and I caught myself asking this question, uh, 
because once I thought about it after, I recognized I asked this question a lot with movies. And it was a simple question that you've asked before, too. Is this movie based on a true story? Uh, it just kind of, at the beginning of the movie, uh, as long as it's not a Hallmark movie, I say, is this based on a true story? And I don't know about you, but if I'm watching a movie, whether or not it is based on a true story actually impacts the way that I watch the movie. Uh, and in fact, we've watched movies before where we didn't know until the end of the movie that actually it was based on a true story. And I kind of wanted to go back and watch it again from that new perspective because I actually watch it differently if, if it's based on a true story. And the first principle this morning that, that we need to understand with the Christmas story is we're not reading the legend of Jesus Christ or the fairy tale of Jesus Christ or the folk tale of Jesus Christ. The words on these pages are truth that God, church, stepped into humanity. Not because he was curious about what it might be like, but because he had to. Because we cannot achieve a right relationship with God on our own. So God, the Son of God, the Son of Man, stepped into flesh and became human on our behalf. And when we read these words of the Christmas story, that God became man. Not that a child was born and one day decided, you know what, I think I'm God, but that God was God and decided, I think I need to become man. When we read these words, we have to begin from these place that every word is true. One of our core values on the wall, the authority of the word of God, every word is truth. That God became man, that a holy God stepped into his own creation. The Bible says everything that was created was created by Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ. He created it and then he stepped into it. And the second basic truth I want to read together, we find it in verse 11. We'll start in verse 10 of Luke 2 again. It says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And just there in verse 11, I want you to focus on two words that the angel proclaimed. He said, This Savior has been born to you. Again, church, we have seen this, th this passage dozens of times, but I don't want us to miss out on a couple of these basic truths that when this angel declared there was a child being born, it wasn't just a random happening that there was a child somewhere. He was saying this child is being born unto you, being born to you, relevant to you is this child. Earlier this week, one of my kids came up to me and they had made a bracelet of beads and they gave me this bracelet. And I said, oh man, I love it, bud. Uh, and they said to me, thanks. He said, uh, I gave it to somebody else, but they didn't want it. So <laughs> here it is. Oh boy. Uh, they told me they were kidding after, but have you ever gotten a gift that you knew was a re-gift or you knew it wasn't actually intended for you in the beginning? Ever, have you ever gotten a gift? I got a gift once that written on the wrapping paper, it said like um, teenage male. Like they just had this gift and they were waiting until they came across a teenage male to give it to them. And that's how, how I got the gift. But when you get a gift that wasn't actually intended to you, it's a, it's a different impact than a gift that you know was designed for you. When we are talking about the gift of Jesus Christ, it's not a random happening that, that we're just happen to be beneficiaries of. 
No, this was a gift, a child unto you. You you can take it back to Isaiah chapter 7, hundreds of years before Christ, and this is all confirmed in his words too. Uh, If you remember chapter 7 is where it says uh, there will be a a child born of a virgin. This will be a sign the virgin will give birth and will call him Emmanuel. And then in chapter 9, again, hundreds of years before Jesus is ever born, this is prophesied in verse 6, says unto us, or to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And again, there are those words. He says, this child is born to us, and this son is given for us. What does that mean? Well, he says, this is our our Wonderful Counselor, This is a mighty God given to us, an everlasting Father. Then he says, this is our Prince of Peace, a Prince of Peace given unto you. I don't know if you ever turn on the news, uh, but I don't know if there's ever been a day in an age where we needed a Prince of Peace more than we need him right now. And one of the things that we celebrate in this Christmas season is that unto us and unto you, church, The Prince of Peace has been born and has been given. A Savior has been born unto you. If we step back just a little further, Brian, you and the team can go ahead and come back up. If we step back just a little further uh, in chapter 9 of Isaiah, uh, so the same chapter, we're reminded actually of the reason that we celebrate the way that we do tonight by candlelight. Uh, In verse 2, Again, he's prophesying hundreds of years prior to the birth of Christ about the birth of this child. And he says this. He says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The image that the prophet is is painting here is that there would be dark times and this child would, would be born unto us in the midst of these dark times and would be the light of the world. And Jesus said this in John chapter 8. He said, I am the light of the world. Greg, can you go ahead and bring down the lights? And church, can you stand with me? Uh, Jesus said again uh, in John chapter 8 that he, he said, I am the light of the world. He said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we are reminded just the power of a single light. And I'm reminded of Matthew 5, 14, where Jesus said, when I'm not with you anymore, to his followers, he said, you are the light of the world. And and he He makes this transition where he says this single light that we celebrate here this evening. He kind of passes it off to his followers and said, when I am gone, you are the light of the world. And I don't know if you've ever gone outside uh, when the moon is just lighting everything up so brightly. It's so intense. Uh, I don't. Some of you guys have probably played basketball by moonlight in, in your backyard. I played, you know, sports by moonlight. And what's so amazing is the moon is not a source of light. 
It's just a big rock. But because it is positioned to reflect the light of the world, our world, the sun, it lights up everything else. That is our calling as believers, just to be a reflection of the light of the world. Father, we thank you again uh, that we get to celebrate the coming of the light of the world. And I pray that we would take that mantle, Lord, that you, you have passed on, that we become a light as a reflection of you, and that we would take it seriously in a world that needs it so, so badly, God. Church, I say this every year as we uh, pass the candle around. The one rule to remember is if your candle is the one that's lit, you don't tilt it. The person without the, tilt, the lit candle tilts it. Saves the carpet of wax. Amen? All right.
thank you so much that we get to celebrate the dawn of redeeming, redeeming grace. Uh, we get to celebrate Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Uh, and I pray that uh, as we go uh, into Christmas Day tomorrow, that it won't be about presents or, or chaos of going from family member to family member for some of us, God, but it will all be about you. It'll all be about glorifying you, Lord. I pray that it's a day and it's a season of peace for each of us, Lord. We pray that your light shines brightly within us for the whole world to see. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church, I want to thank you so much for spending an hour or so with us. Uh, please be careful on the roads. There's a little bit of ice occasionally on the roads out there. We almost got stuck in Butler. We almost weren't here. So. <laughs> Brian, you were almost preaching and singing. All right. Um, uh, yeah, just blow out your candles and uh, Ron, I don't know if Ron's here. But have a great Christmas. We won't see you tomorrow. We have an online service and then we will see you next week. So have a good Christmas. I'm going to get something. to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.